I saw uh, an issue, not an issue in the community, but uh, a need for something in the community for fun and active play in kids' lives, right? And I saw that nobody was really catering to that need during COVID and stuff like that. So I thought it was a great opportunity for the business to be created to cater to that. And that's really why we're doing so well is because these parents and these kids haven't had anything to do for, for the last, like, whatever, four months. But then we've, we've come in and we've created a solution for this problem in the community and we've helped, uh, really helped the community in a positive way and helped make the community better. And that's why people keep coming back and why it's growing so fast, because people want to be a part of the movement. This is Kids CEO, the show about kids who are swimming against the tide. From entrepreneurs to authors to philanthropists, Kids CEO is showing the world what kids can do. I'm Benjamin Wong, and on this episode, how 16-year-old Miles Ramsey took advantage of the lockdown opportunity to create BuzzBox Fun Kits, sending unique packages to kids all over the world with the message that they can have fun without being on a computer screen. Funny story before we begin. This is in 2015 when Star Wars was coming back. I had a couple friends I've known for a while that took me and someone else to the movies to watch the Star Wars, and I immediately became obsessed. Now there was this thing, it was a box, that came with a bunch of Star Wars memorabilia like bobbleheads and other toys, and it was so exciting to receive. But thinking back on it, it probably wasn't the most efficient use of money. See, when I got the bobbleheads, I would just put it in a cabinet. Now they're just kind of sitting in my closet useless. But today's episode isn't about Star Wars. It's about 16-year-old Canadian native Miles Ramsey. Yeah, fun fact, I'm also from Canada. But it's about the amazing story of how he took advantage of the coronavirus lockdown. Instead of doing what everyone else was doing, you know, going on your PS4 or Xbox, he decided to start his own company. He had no prior experience. He just went around asking manufacturers to buy wholesale some of their activities and put them together in carefully curated boxes with the intention of not just being something you put in the closet, something that you'll play from and that you'll learn from, ultimately getting you away from that computer screen, which is something we all need in these days. So how did, in many ways, an ordinary team go out there with zero business experience and zero corporate experience and create a unique product that made a bunch of kids quarantine a little bit better. I'm very fortunate to have the situation that I've been given or that I've been born into, I guess. So I have two parents that are very supportive of everything that I do. Yeah, they're very supportive. I've been born into a great community. Uh, lots of friends, yeah, and great schools and stuff like that. So lots of lots of people to hang out. What was some of your family like? I have a very small family. I have only two uh, first cousins, so quite small. My family is really catered towards hard work. I find um, 
they're really passionate about that. Like my, uh, both my parents are uh, education in the education industry, right? My mom works at a university and my dad uh, works for adult e-learning. So he does like uh, people that didn't do high school, but they want to come back and do high school. So they're both very hardworking. And then um, also my uncles and aunts, they're uh, very hardworking. And some of them are like nurses and doctors and stuff. So you would say hard work is like a value that they always instilled in you, even from a young age? Yeah. So even when we went to school, um, they wouldn't push me exactly. They wouldn't push me for hard, hard, uh, good marks, but they would push me to work hard. And the result of working hard, if you don't get high marks, then as long as you're working hard towards your goal, then that's the best you can do. They're happy with that. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting philosophy, but, you know, it trains you to just work hard instead of focusing on the material grades, I guess. What were some of your favorite aspects of that early years? Yeah, so I went to uh, two Christian schools, so uh, it was private school. So we went there um, and the teachers and students, they had a really close connection, right? And my parents wanted to send me there to get me that foundation of hard work, but also that foundation of like people skills, right? So I had a very tight knit. It was only like 200 people in the school, but a very tight knit community and lots of people. So everybody was striving to push each other to different uh, lengths and to do different things. So that was up till grade uh, six that I did that. And then grade seven and eight, uh, my parents wanted me to do uh, this destinations program, which is a, like a precursor to high school. And then that leads into a thing called foundations, which is in high school, which is like higher level learning in high school. So hmm, that's interesting. Were there like any traditions that you did with your family or just like favorite things to do? Uh, something awesome that we do is my uh, uncle and cousins live out in Alberta now. Right. So uh, we, we traveled out there. We'd fly out there. Uh, of course, not this year, but. Uh, last year we traveled out there, which was really awesome. We got to spend time with them. But in Alberta, it's an entirely different scene than uh, where we live in Belleville, which is uh, just off of Toronto, right? It's an entirely different scene, so it's so open. There's not a lot of uh, houses there, and it's so awesome, right? And then we just have like campfires and different stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Was there ever like a low point in some of your early years? Uh, yeah. So. We had a family pet, okay? He was, uh, his name was Crosby, right? He was our first dog. And uh, of course he unfortunately passed away. Uh, he was only like a year old. And that really, that was my first real type of loss, right? That I that I had in my life. And I was, I was so shocked because up to that I was pretty sheltered, right? Nothing really bad had ever happened to me. Nothing, nothing had ever uh, taken me off like this happy trail that I had until I was like, I think I was 10 at the time or 10 or 11. And that really brought me into the real world and thinking that life is fleeting and you have to uh, make a difference with the life that you have. Did that in any way affect uh, you wanting to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, so it was the realization that life isn't just, it's it's not, a, it's a step by, it's not a step by step process, it's a journey, right? And people think if I can go through school, if I can get straight, straight A's, if I can get to university, if I can get straight A's there, then I can make a difference, but they don't realize that you can make a difference in your dream. And the destination is cool, right? Like say you want to be the CEO of your own company, which would be awesome, right? That's the destination and that's awesome. You can make a big impact there, but along the way you can impact people on your way to the top, uh, on your way, like in your journey, right? And the journey is actually what life is. And that's really cool. That's what I realized. 
is that you have to use your life to impact others. Wow. So like the um, concept of, you know, everyone has a short life, so you have to make the most of it while you're in that short life. Hmm. Um, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? So during grade nine and 10, right of high school, I'm, I'm in grade 11 now, but mostly grade nine, I was like, okay, I want to be an architect, right? I loved science. I loved math. And then I got into grade 10 and I realized that science and math were actually really difficult. Right. And I was doing like really difficult stuff. So I realized I didn't really want that to happen. And at the time I had a paper route, right. And the paper route, um, I was working under, under a boss, of course. Right. And I didn't really like the situation. Right. Uh, I, I learned a lot from the paper route. I learned people skills, stuff like that. So I loved the job, but I didn't really like working under somebody. So then I looked around at my uh, school for grade 10 for, cause I needed to choose an elective or a different course to take. And they were offering business and I was like, okay, business requires a little bit of math, which I'm a little, I'm okay at, right? A little bit of math and a lot of people skills. So I thought it'd be a perfect course. I took the course and instantly fell in love with the business aspect of things. So it was just kind of a combination of not wanting to work under someone else, plus the love of some math, plus the love of people skills, right? Exactly. Yeah. I love having impacts on other people's lives. Like I love seeing smiles on faces is what basically our business is catered towards. But I love uh, like working in the paper route. I could do that a little bit, but I couldn't really set my own hours or I couldn't control what I was doing. But now in the business world, you can really, really the limit to your success is how much, um, how much hard work you're willing to put in and how many connections you're willing to make. Did you save up a lot of money from that paper route? Yeah, so that was basically how I started uh, the business. Uh, I, I recently uh, quit the job. Um, it was a great opportunity, but I recently started working more towards my business. But yeah, so I saved up a lot of money over the years. I worked for six years, the paper out, and then saved up all that money and then put it right into the business. If you don't mind me asking, how much of that paper out over six, seven years that you worked there, how much did you put into the business? Right, so it was about... I think we're up, uh, it was about $500 as the starting um, budget for the business that we put into the business to start it with all like the setup costs and everything like that. And then over time, we've just been putting money that we've gotten from uh, the business back into the business, of course, and then keeping a little bit of profit, but mostly just putting it back into the business. Yeah. And $500 isn't, you know, cheap. What was your parents' reaction to you putting all the money into something that that wasn't guaranteed success? Right. Uh, it's definitely business. You can't really start a business, I find, unless you've taken a risk. And when you, my parents, uh, my mom, she did a, she's done a couple businesses, so she kind of knows what's going on. But it, it's, unless you take a risk, you're not going to be really invested in it, right? You're not going to get up every day and have to do something to keep that initial investment rolling, right? So if I put in, say, $50, I wouldn't be as motivated to get stuff done in the business as I would if I put in the $500. So there's more at stake. Exactly. Yeah. It's really the risk that you have to take in order to start the business. And then you have to keep, you have to keep fueling the business in order to have that risk pay off. All right. This moves into our next part about um, the actual business. So what was the behind the scenes creation of Buzzbox Fun Kids like? We started the business in... May, right? So just as the pandemic was hitting its stride, right? April and May. 
And we had thought I was going to do a summer program, right? And they give you like some money to start a small business and then you do it for the summer. And then I realized uh, they, they canceled funding program for uh, because of COVID and they couldn't do the training. But I instead um, got training from somewhere else from my small business representative, right? He told me what to do, how to do this, what to invest, stuff like that. And then really we just sat down and the first thing we did was think of a name, right? That took us like a day or two days. Right? And then it was really the process of making the name into a logo, making the logo into a website, making the website into a brand, and then, yeah, basically just making up the idea afterwards, but basically bringing everything together and then starting the business. All right, so BuzzBox Fun Kids, um, it's a way for kids to get like a surprise box with different themes every month. How did you think of that specific idea? Right. So I've seen uh, a lot of businesses that I follow uh, are subscription boxes, right? Um, uh, specifically, my family, I don't know if you know about this, but there's a good food box, right? And they basically deliver food every, they basically deliver like a box of food. And I thought that was really awesome. So I thought, and that was during COVID, right? To give families like meals and stuff like that. So I thought that was a really awesome idea, and I thought that I could cater my business towards something like that, something like a subscription box or a fun box. And then I thought that kids staying home, right, because they had to do online school, and kids staying home and parents also having to stay home, the parents would need a break. So I thought the perfect way to solve the problem in the community would be to make this box that would take up a couple hours of their time and be able to give them fun and active play without the parents having to directly be there to to supervise them and kind of keep them busy. All right. So you had the $500 to start up the company. Where did you get the materials that go in every box? Right. So we use wholesalers uh, in Canada, based, uh, mostly based Canada products. And then we get the boxes from a local printer and get all the items and different stuff from wholesalers around, around Canada. And then we compile all that stuff uh, and then I make the boxes in my basement. How do you choose which objects are good for the box and which objects aren't? Right. So that's uh, part of our brainstorming process is we have different box themes. So we have 13 different box themes right now. And in each box, uh, you can. so one of our box themes is be your own superhero, right? So for that one, that was one of our first ones and one of our best sellers. But we have to, for that one, we had to look on all these wholesale websites. We had to look around and we had to find like different things. Like we had to find mask kits, superhero pencils, different stickers to put in them. And it's really, you can have an idea for a box, but if there's not enough items to put in the box to make it a reality, then it's kind of just an idea. But most of our uh, boxes, we, we think of the idea and then we look around to see if there's enough stuff to put in the box. So you had the $500 that you spent buying wholesale, but I assume you didn't spend all of it on buying the objects, right? Exactly, yes. So we spent, uh, I think it was like, well, we, we got our first batches of boxes, right? So it was like uh, $250, $200 in wholesale materials. And then the rest was towards so, uh, marketing mostly. So we have our website on Wix, uh, buzzboxfunkits.com, which we made. We bought the domain. We patented the idea. So all that stuff costs a little bit of the startup costs. And then we had, and then we printed out some business cards, stuff like that. That all costs money. And then of course the boxes and stuff like that, which cost money. So you patented the idea. What was the specific 
like idea that you patented? Um, we didn't patent the idea specifically, um, but we just kind of just have the idea and we, um, we uh, have been, we, we've just been using the idea to uh, make, make the boxes. Uh, okay. All right. So in terms of, you know, creating a company, kids don't always know how to create a company. Was there anyone like there by your side helping you out through this entire time? Yeah, so my mom has been a big inspiration. She, uh, as I said before, she's well, she's working at a university now, but she's done business in the past, right? She's had a couple businesses, um, but she's really been helping me through the process. She's been introducing me to different business people, different different ways to run a business, and she's really really helped me in the marketing department as well. She's really helped show me and uh, teach me how to do marketing and stuff like that. In terms of um, the boxes. Which would you say is your favorite box? Uh, definitely. Hmm, let me think. I I have to say, uh, be your own superhero box that I mentioned before. That one's really cool. It has a lot of different stuff in it. Uh, it has the superhero pencil, the mask kit, stuff like that, and it can really turn a yeah, it can really turn a kid into a superhero, which is really awesome. All right. So, um, all in all, do you see uh, Buzzbox Fun Kids? Where where do you see it in a couple years? So Buzzbox Fun Kits, uh, we had started it in the summer and I thought it was only going to go for the summer, but then we saw so much support for the business from the community. And now we're shipping, of course, to the United States and all across Canada from coast to coast. And so it's really awesome to see all the support for the small business that is now growing into uh, a North American business, right? And it's really awesome to see the progress. So I thought I was going to end it in the summer, but now I'm realizing that I can keep this going through the winter months and have different themes that go with Christmas and stuff like that. Quick break coming up, but when we get back, I promise Miles Ramsey will still be here answering more questions about the future of BuzzBox Fun Kids. Hey, it's Ben here. If you like what we're doing here on the Kid CEO Podcast, if you get entertained or inspired by some of these amazing stories, or if you think of me as a friend, which I hope you do, because even though there are so many of you listening right now, I am talking to you personally. Me, Talia, and the rest of the Kid CEO team are here for you every week with a new episode, but we need you to be there for us too. If you use Apple Podcasts, just scroll down and give us a star rating. In fact, if you write us a review, I will shout you out in next week's episode. Additionally, if you don't have an Apple phone, no worries. All you have to do is share something to social media and tag at Podcast, and I'll like it and reshare it. Or if anything, just tell some of your friends about it. Thanks so much in advance. Hey, we're back with Miles Ramsey. I hope you enjoyed the first half. I won't waste any more time. Let's get right back into it. It's grown a lot since you started, obviously. But there are a lot of other subscription boxes out there. So why do you think some of your customers chose your box over others? So we have, uh, I'd say it's mostly due with our customer service. We've had a lot of awesome things, uh, awesome feedback about that. So we basically get the boxes to them within um, 
uh, two to four days, right? Which is really awesome. Or even, even the day of sometimes, but it's, it's really awesome to see the feedback. And since it was such a small business to start, we got those customers hooked, right? We got those customers hooked with good customer service and then they keep coming back to get more, which is really awesome. And then we can use those customers to kind of, it's the word of mouth, right? Which is the best way to grow a business, right? So the word of mouth that can spread uh, spread our business around the community and then hopefully around Canada and the US. Now, last thing before we head into a different area, you have a Kid Everest campaign um, up right now. For listeners, Kid Everest was on the show previously, but what are you raising that money for? So mostly that's for uh, marketing materials, product photography, and branded merchandise and stuff like that. So it's mostly because we have our business, right? But some people, like some families or uh, that don't have kids, right? Or some people that want to support the business but don't know how to do that. They wanted to support it in a different way. And so we started the Kid Everest crowdfunding page, right? So that's the way that they can support us without actually buying a box if they don't have a kid that needs it. Why did you choose Kid Everest over like GoFundMe or Kickstarter? Right. So we we saw Kickstarter and GoFundMe and stuff like that. And it it's not that it's not kid-friendly, but it wasn't really what we wanted to do with the idea. And then we saw Kid Everest, which was catered toward kid entrepreneurs, right? And we thought it would be a great idea to not only support their business and to grow kid entrepreneurs there, but to also grow our business. And it's, it's a perfect uh, thing for us because we're, of course, I'm a kid entrepreneur and it was a perfect idea to, uh, they cater perfectly towards it. Where do you find them? Like through a Google search? So we had just found them around like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. We, and then also we, well, then we searched them up their website and we instantly got hooked. We thought it was a great idea. And we thought Kid Everest was an awesome idea to uh, start the crowdfunding page on. All right. So, in general, would you say Buzzbox Fun Kids is something you're going to do in the long term? Or do you see it as like a stepping stone to something bigger? Definitely. It really depends how it goes. Um, after COVID uh, stops or after uh, COVID restrictions go down a little bit, we'll see if people still require the fun activities or if they're just going to go out and create their own. Like, uh, if they're gonna, if traveling is gonna really replace our boxes or like other fun activities that you can do. And if that happens, that's fine. It's a really good, it was a good learning experience, right? It took us far. But I'm hoping that the Buzzbox Fun Kids business can allow us to travel into the future and it can really evolve into a bigger subscription box and of course we said we're going to US and Canada and I hope that we can have clients uh, in both uh, Canada and the US that want to buy the book we can really build the business towards that. What have been the biggest obstacles in the business? The business so far has gone really well uh, there's been a lot of support for it in the small business uh, community right which is really awesome some of the biggest struggles um, is really leaving, living a balanced life, right? So I'm in school in grade 11. I don't know if you know what IB is, but I'm in the IB program, the International Baccalaureate. So I have a lot of homework, right, every night. And it's really difficult to, and I also play baseball, right? With, of course, the season's over, but it's really difficult to, you have business and then you have baseball and then you have school and you want to try and balance your life out with all those things. And that's really the biggest challenge, but it's, making time for things that you feel are the most important and living your life 
you have to set priorities, right? And the business, of course, is one of my biggest priorities. So it's really finding time for business, but also other areas of my life. How do you manage your time with all of those different activities? Well, I have a uh, calendar that I use or a planner, right? I plan out my days most of the time. And it really, I set a lot of times for my homework, my business, stuff like that. And then we deliver boxes on the weekends so it doesn't get in the way of school. And then I'll do, I'll, I, in the summer, I would do baseball in the weekdays and then the business on the weekends and, and the week, on the weekdays that I didn't have baseball. Do you ever think that BuzzBox Fun Kits is going to grow to a certain point in which you might have to drop something like baseball? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely about priorities, right? So if it grows to such an extent that I need to drop baseball, it's definitely priorities for me. So I would definitely uh, consider it. Uh, I would, of course, still do active, active play. I would get outside. And I think uh, living a healthy lifestyle is really important. But if it comes to a point where, because of course I do rep baseball, that I have to drop the traveling part of baseball, I'd be more than happy to do that in order to grow the business to a place where it, would, where it can make a bigger impact in the world. All right. So let's move on to a different section, I guess, uh, of our talk. Now, entrepreneurism is something I enjoy, Cadaverist enjoys, and many other kid entrepreneurs that like doing it, but it's not always fun and games. So what keeps you motivated to wake up in the morning or head down to the basement to work on some boxes? Right. So, yeah, as you said, um, businesses, it's not always fun and games, and it's always a problem that you have to fix every day, right? And the problems can pile up. Right, if you don't fix them every day. So when you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, I gotta fix another problem, then my boxes specifically, when we deliver them to homes of kids, they, the parents send us pictures. If you go on our Instagram, you can see them, but the pictures of these kids with their smiling faces. And if you just look at those, uh, those faces every morning, you just wanna get up and you wanna keep, keep uh, impacting your community in such a positive way where you can impact these kids and help make a difference. So it's just the um feeling that you're making this kid's day right yeah exactly um not only yeah like not only helping myself with this business not only making some money not only growing my uh, expertise about business but i'm also making a difference to the community which is an awesome thing to do and to see how kids are influenced by me and to see how uh, the business is impacting the community in a way that is so awesome now, BuzzBox Fun Kids is doing very well. What would you say is the one factor that is making you do very well? I saw uh, an issue, not an issue in the community, but uh, a need for something in the community for fun and active play in kids' lives, right? And I saw that nobody was really catering to that need during COVID and stuff like that. So I thought it was a great opportunity for the business to be created to cater to that. And that's really why we're doing so well is because these parents and these kids haven't had anything to do for for the last like whatever four months but then we've we've come in and we've created a solution for this problem in the community and we've helped uh, really helped uh, the community in a positive way and helped make the community better and that's why people keep coming back and why it's growing so fast because people want to be a part of the community. So it's like a culture that you're building. Exactly it's a culture of fun active play right so n- none of the stuff in our boxes plugs into a wall is what we're, is what we're trying to uh, promote. 
is that kids should really be outside and should really be doing stuff uh, off the virtual learning environment uh, sometimes. Out of all the customers, uh, people at the wholesale companies, uh, all those people that you talk to every day, has anyone ever like doubted you or questioned you because of your age? Not specifically. I know uh, sometimes it's harder to get into specific uh, areas of business uh, because of your age. Like sometimes there'll be an event um, that's 18 plus. But personally, I haven't really had anything that's hindered me age wise. And people have been actually really supportive. They've been like, wow, this guy's 16 and he's doing this. And I think that's brought more support because I'm younger. Um, and if I was older, maybe not as much support because they would want to support somebody younger and they would want to support somebody that's maybe coming up in the business world. So do you think that's a big reason why they choose uh, Buzzbox Fun Kids over other companies? Yeah, it's definitely a great way to market it. It's definitely a great way to get people interested is they're like, wow, the 16 year old kid is doing this amazing thing. And then they get to the business and then they stay for the business. It's not staying because I'm 16 or it's not staying because I'm a small business. It's staying because I have a great product and they, and it's really getting people in, engaged and getting people onto the website so that they can see the product and then they can develop their ideas from there. Maybe not so much now, but do you ever feel like you're missing out on being a kid? Not really. I'd say... <laughs> I'd say I have enough time to be a kid. Um, definitely, I have my friend groups. I have the people that I hang out with. I have an awesome time. Um, I go on Discord calls with different people, right? I have an awesome time like that with my friends and stuff. And we play video games. We have an awesome time after school. But the business is a way for me to really get a jump start on my future. And I feel like it's not hindering me at all in my childhood. And it's really getting me started for the next chapter of my life which is hopefully going to be in something in business. And it's really great experience for what is to come. What are some of your inspirations or role models that you look up to in terms of business? Right, so our business is catered towards uh, small communities. Um, but one of the biggest business people that I look up to is uh, Bill Gates, right? And he, he grew an amazing company and now he is uh, now he is a great philanthropist, right? He's donating a ton of money, billions and billions of dollars to uh, people that need it around the world. And I look up to him because we've done a little bit of charity stuff, but it's that ability for him to grow his own business, but also give back to the community at the same time and still be very successful, right? It's having that balanced life that people look up to. And they're like, this guy is making a difference in the world by doing business. Wow. Um, yeah, Bill Gates is definitely a really inspirational person working all his life on Microsoft and then going into philanthropy. If you only had a couple words to describe uh, who Miles Ramsey is, what would you put there? Um, I'd definitely say um, learning to be a hard worker, I guess, if you can make that one word, right? I'm learning. I'd have to say I'm fun and I... I'd really like uh, active living, right? Like being an active living and then being a kind of a beacon of where people see you. And I want to be perceived as when people see me, they see somebody who loves what they do. And they, some people, they're inspired by me to do other things, just like Bill Gates has inspired me to do stuff. So in 30 years, where do you see yourself? Yeah, so 30 years, I'd be 46. So... 
Definitely, definitely somewhere in business. Definitely, maybe the CEO of my own company, which would be so awesome. Uh, making a difference in not only my small community here in Canada, but hopefully across the world, making differences. It's definitely sticking with the theme of philanthropy. You know, making it uh, making a difference across the world, donating to different organizations and stuff like that, and really becoming a businessman, but also showing the world how business can have a positive impact on everybody. It's not just for making money, it's for making connections and really making a difference. For all the aspiring kid entrepreneurs, kids who want to be an entrepreneur, what's a piece of advice that has been the most important in you becoming who you are right now? Definitely, it's, it's solve a problem, right? Business is mostly catered to solving problems. Uh, for me, it was solving the problem of bored kids and busy parents, right? Fixing and bridging that gap and giving them something to do. But business in general is really about solving problems day to day. And some advice that I would give is just solve one problem at a time, make one small step at a time, and eventually you'll grow either your business or you'll grow what you're doing into something great and something awesome. If you keep solving these problems that come up, because problems will come up, and it's your it's your ability to adapt to the circumstances is how well you're really doing. Yeah, that's great advice. Just taking it one step at a time. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Miles. Thank you. What we have here is the classic story of the entrepreneur who didn't have an MBA or have already started 20 companies. They started at zero and they learned as they went. But except for being an adult entrepreneur, the story involves a kid entrepreneur. Miles didn't have a bunch of connections. He had hardly none. He didn't have millions of dollars worth of MBA material. He had experiences, he had books, he had YouTube. And that's something most of us have. So if Miles could get to where he is now, influencing so many kids and just learning as he goes and taking risks, why can't you? You can find out more about Miles on his Instagram page at BuzzBoxFunKids or his website BuzzBoxFunKids.com. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I will see you next week. Special thanks to Talia Rahman, our audio engineer for the Kid CEO podcast, Bella Yoon, our social media director, and Ada Kasi, our outreach director. And thank you to you all for listening. If you want to show your support, just give us a review on Apple Podcasts and even consider subscribing. And make sure you're up to date with all Kid CEO on our Instagram page at Kid CEO Podcast. This is Benjamin Wong signing off. Thank you.